So Dana Plato is who they're banking on on this episode. She's going to Ironically, it. Rob Lowe is who explodes. <laughs> but <And> he's- <laughs> <laughs> Hello world, there's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of loving is what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who cut and paste using actual scissors and actual paste. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we will continue our preservation of ABC After School specials with a thoughtful deconstruction of a young Rob Lowe screen debut in Schoolboy Father. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. Last week, we preservationists had a conversation about ABC After School specials. You know the ones, like My Mom's Having a Baby, or Andrea's Story, A Hitchhiking Tragedy, or My Dad Lives in a Downtown Hotel. It was awesome. And one comment we got over and over again was, what about Schoolboy Father? Well, guess what? Sitting on the cutting room floor was a complete discussion of Schoolboy Father, starring a teenage Rob Lowe. So we picked it up off the floor and brushed it off for your listening pleasure today. Don't worry, Eight is Enough will be on its way to you soon. But for now, enjoy this very sophisticated and intellectual analysis of Schoolboy Father. Well, two of the people we just talked about, Rob Lowe and Dana Plato, starred in an episode that we all watched and we are going to take a deep dive into right now. Um, and it's called Schoolboy Father. It's from 1980. I love that um, name Fun so fact, much. this was Rob Lowe's first acting gig. And um, he tells this story in his book, Stories I Only Tell My Friends, and in his one-man show um, that I saw. Did you guys know that I saw that and got to meet Rob Lowe? Have I ever told you that story? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Has she ever told us this, Carolyn? Have you guys ever know. seen the picture no. of me with I Rob Lowe? I don't know that you know, I've I'll ever post it again. Story. It's fine. Okay. Whatever. Um, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, he tells this story. So uh, he was, he, it was his first acting gig, and he had a crush on this girl at school. Her name was Jennifer. And he was kind of bragging, like, hey, I was in an after-school special, and it's going to be on today. Do you want to watch it together? And she said, sure. Do you want to come over to my house? And he's thinking, all right, yeah. And he drives to her house, and he's driving up in the Hollywood Hills, and he's mansions, mansions. He pulls up to this mansion. He's like, geez, Jennifer, like, what? Rings the doorbell. Cary Grant opens the door <gasps> in a white bathrobe. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> Naturally, of course. So, Cary Grant's Jennifer's father, and he's like, come in, come in, son, come in. They go into his bedroom, which oh is God. just weird, and they all watch Schoolboy Father together. So, when you were, when I was watching this again, all I was imagining was Rob Lowe sitting in Cary Grant's bedroom with Cary Grant in the bathrobe and watching this all together. And Cary Grant loved it, walked him out to his car after, gave him some soap on a rope, oh, and wait, told what? him... <laughs> Cary Grant, as, 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 anyway, yeah, and then he handed him all this, like, um, all these samples, and Rob Lowe just laughs, and he's like, so I got some soap on a rope from Cary Grant. From Cary Grant? Is there anything more 70s than soap on a rope? I just think that's so (laughs) 70s. But Carolyn, was it you who thought that you were supposed to wear the soap around your neck, but then how do you get it down to your junk? 
Like how do you how do you soap up your junk if it's What's, on your neck? What are the mechanics of soaping up the nether regions you and wear around your neck? <laughs> So you didn't drop it. Carolyn wore so soap on a rope, and literally neck. just her upper torso was always super yes. clean. <laughs> her solar plexus are super clean. What is the purpose of soap on a rope? You run? hang it over the shower head, and so that it ne- your soap never falls on the floor. It's very handy in prisons, Carolyn. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't want it to get gummy in a soap dish, so it uh-huh. would hang from the faucet. Yeah, or fall on the slippery floor. <laughs> so okay. I'm, again, Amelia Bedelia moment. Okay, right. we're keeping that. Okay, okay. moving on. Um, also, Schoolboy Father stars Dana Plato, who uh, we we really get to enjoy her, her overacting oh my in this God. episode, which mm-hmm. we will discuss. Uh, by this time, she's already on different strokes, as well as a long list of other TV and movie appearances. So Dana Plato is who they're banking on on this episode. She's going to Ironically, it. Rob Lowe is who explodes. <laughs> Because he's a schoolboy father. I didn't even plan that That's how he got there. Okay, so. he's adorable. He's adorable. Adorable. So Tony Tennille haircut. He has like a little Oh, and it's like Christy McNichol, right? Like it's the same exact thing. It's adorable. So guys, we're going to tell this story by, basically I'm going to give you some plot points and I want everybody to jump in with your reactions. Okay. The reactions you had when you watched it. So feel free to throw dialogue, whatever. So. As it starts, Rob Lowe is um, in the shower. I want you to set the scene, Carolyn. Well, yes, um, Rob Lowe is singing in the shower. I said, I love you. I said, I'll never leave you. And then he's getting out and wrapping himself in a towel. And we see Rob's bare chest as he then proceeds to keep singing. For a long well, it time, wasn't just actually. it wasn't his just his chest. I mean, raise your hand if you rewinded. Am I the well, only one raising my hand? Right now? Like Sixteen. What? I didn't. Well, I have had it. to see how well, far it went. So we're setting up, though. We're setting yes. up that that um, Charles. His name is Charles in in this show, and we're setting up that Charles is a carefree high school kid, right? He's singing in the shower. He's excited to go to school. He goes in. He's goofing around with his mom. Mom is reading the paper, and Mom says, Charles, do you know a Daisy Gallinger from camp last summer? And Charles says, yes, I think. Uh, I think. And Mom says, well, she just had a baby. And my favorite part in this is immediately we see Charles counting on his fingers. He's look, he immediately looks oh, perplexed, and he starts counting on yep. his fingers. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Do, he's doing the math. Charles is doing the math. Mm-hmm. Definitely mm-hmm. doing the math. And, and then we go into says, some flashbacks, right? Oh, and yeah, and he looks off into the off into the wilderness. Um, and when the mom says her name, she says Miss Daisy Dallinger. Oh, yes. And it repeats Miss. She's super like, judgy. Can you believe they reported, the, you know, they put this in the paper. Would you believe this? Miss Daisy Dallinger. Mm. What is the world coming to? Miss Daisy Dallinger. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was, yeah, kind of interesting, yeah. too. So he panics a little bit. So we have some flashbacks and he's remembering back at camp and he kind of looks off into the distance and we get the flashback and he continues to um, have flashbacks at school. And we see that a young Nancy McKeon, her name's Lucy in this show, and she has a look, you can tell she's kind of got a little crush on him. She Mm -hmm. wants him to come to her birthday party. And, um, but he can't shake out, you know, he can't shake the, the thought of Daisy and this baby. So he goes to work. And he has a very notable conversation with his friend. Jeff, does it take nine months to have a baby? Not if you're an elephant. Oh, come on, get serious, would you? 
Sure, nine months. Exactly, I think. It's not exactly hot dinner conversation in my house. Nine months, you're sure. And I'm screaming, no, idiots, it's 10. Like, <laughs> it's 10. Because it is 10. It's, it's 40 weeks. Yep, 40, it's weeks. 40 weeks. That's 10 months. I mean, yeah. for me, it was 28 weeks. But for, for most people, mm -hmm. it's 40 weeks. Right. So Charles knows that he's got to get this figured out. So he borrows a car and he goes to the hospital. What my takeaway in all of this, you guys, is that immediately Charles is like, got to go see that baby. Yes. Got to take responsibility he for is this. Like jumping is the biggest jumping uh -huh. to conclusions I've ever uh -huh. seen in television history. Like uh -huh. he just, he's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'm a daddy. Uh -huh. Right? Like that. <laughs> right. He just goes there and right. he doesn't, you don't see any sort of like, oh my God, what am I going to do? He's like, well, right. I better go to the hospital and see my baby. Right. He has to go and he looks through the nursery window and this is when the nur the nurses all hold the babies up and they hold up, you know, what looks like about a 6-month-old baby. They hold up. <laughs> Immediately his eyes are full oh of love and his mm -hmm. little hand his or his uh Roblo's hands on the on the window like hi baby, like My here baby. I am. Yeah. I'm so we're, we're to believe that the 16-year-old boy goes from carefree high schooler mm -hmm. to <gasps> My baby in about 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And never in the whole, he doesn't ever consider that it might not be his baby. Well, there's that. <laughs> I have a there baby. Is that part. Hey, listen, but if you've had Rob Lowe, yeah, right. Yeah. Come on, he yeah, knows. Right. He at 16 years old, he knew. So when he goes into um, Kimberly's room. <laughs> I'm cracking up. I'm cracking up because she is not like a woman who just had a baby. She's like a little girl on the playground. She's like pitching a fit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, throwing a book she at yells, him right yeah. when he walks get out in. She here. yells, out, out, I thought I told you I never wanted to see you again, Elderberry, go away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she throws a magazine, and then immediately the nurse says, you must leave. And immediately she goes, no, it's okay, you yeah. can stay. <laughs> okay, can I just ask, when did we stop wearing nurse hats? What? You know, I have to ask, and I could ask my husband that, because I was thinking, uh, I, that was... I think they were almost gone by then. I know. It seemed like such a throwback. Yes. Well, but it, it's, this is 1980. So apparently, though, you're, apparently you're in the hospital for at least a good week oh, after you've oh, had a baby. Sure. It, yes. And they're Absolutely. all, because it shows all the other mothers, and they're yes. all in their oh. nightgowns listening to their oh, radios yeah. and reading their books. Dr. And they're Dr. Spock. Just, <laughs> yep. They're reading here. their Dr. Spock. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Everything. And so I then, can... so then they have a, a really important conversation where oh um, they sit down and he says, I, I didn't even know that you were uh, pregnant. Well, I was. And that's exactly <laughs> how she says it. Yes. She spits at him. Pregnant. Well, I was. And he says, didn't you take any precautions? You were there. Did you? No, I always thought the girls were supposed to. Yeah. And I always thought the guys were. I'm thinking, Rob, 1980. That's the whole point is neither one of them knows anything. The mm -hmm. fact that he doesn't even know, like, didn't you take precautions? Like, well, do you, how do you not know? And the same thing for her, didn't you? Wait, how could was, how do you not know? What, you was there. the condom invisible? Yes, right. <laughs> was there something internal in the penis that was supposed to be keeping you from getting pregnant? And you guys, I see why this conversation is there. Like, this is a very important conversation yes. for kids to hear. The ignorance of them is super important, but God, it's so damn funny. Well, and it is not... There were times when after-school specials were too obtuse. So when he says, didn't you take precautions, when I'm watching it as a 10-year-old, I don't know what the hell he is talking about. And she says, didn't you? I don't know what any of that is. Nobody says the word birth control. Nobody says, how did we make this? How did mm -hmm. we How do we prevent it? They just say, take precautions. That's right. as much as they get into. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. That would have gone way over my head. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and you probably weren't the audience. I'm sitting here thinking like, and 15, 16 year old people weren't the audience either. No. So th- the age that they were playing was not mm-hmm. the demographic mm-hmm. they were going for. It was probably the 12, You're 13 right. year mm-hmm. old mm-hmm. who that would have all made kind of sense to. I mean, it seems ridiculous to us. But you would be thinking, I thought you did. I thought you did. And then yeah. counting on the fingers right. and yeah, that's a really all good point. of that mm-hmm. um, I was probably targeted at that age group. So, Well, and then it's so yeah. funny. So they have this kind of, you know, this conversation of, well, didn't you? Didn't you? And then she goes, she's like in The Exorcist, which funny, yeah. she was actually in. She starts yelling wait, wait, again. Wait. And Dana she says, Plato was in The Exorcist? Yes, she was. She was in 1977 in The Exorcist too. So she she kind of is doing that character because then all of a sudden she goes, oh, you guys, this is how she says it. One more word about that baby and I'll scream. Yes, I know. It's so Don't you know anything stupid? stupid? And, then, and then so Rama finds out she's giving him away. That is heartbreaking. That is because it was like he had never considered that before. Mm-hmm. What do you mean mm-hmm. you're giving right. it away? It, mm-hmm. It's a baby, whatever. He says, they'll give him their name. They won't call him Charles. They'll call him Herbert, like that guy at the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> but she then says, no, he'll be loved. She said, I can't. I have to go to school, and I can't afford a baby. And she says, he'll be loved, and he'll have a family. And again, excellent conversation to have mm-hmm. here. We're presenting both sides of the issue. Again, though, I'm, as an adult, just hung up on how quickly this 16-year-old boy wants to be a father. Oh, absolutely. Um, But now we're starting to learn that Charles didn't have a father. And so we're going to start getting into that. So Mm -hmm. he goes, he leaves, he goes home, he makes himself a sandwich, and he has a conversation (laughs) with his friend. Can we back up just a little bit (laughs) before they actually have the conversation? Because they get out of the car um, to go into the house, and that's kind of where the conversation starts. Mm -hmm. Um, Because he said, isn't that kind of when he said about you went to the hospital and a baby and it's mine? And um, but I just want to say there's this background music that just seems to be in seventy shows, and particularly after school specials, and it's the flute. The flute has a prominent yes. Place in mm-hmm. soundtracks of these um, programs. So there's a f- little flute interlude <laughs> as they ascend the stairs up into the house, into the kitchen. Where Michelle, what do they do? He in says, the kitchen? He says, he's just munching on a sandwich. And the friend says, How'd she get pregnant? And he says, I don't know. And he's just literally just casually eating a sandwich. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And the friend says, you took precautions, didn't you? And he goes, well, we didn't use anything, but that's not the problem. The problem is now that she's had the baby, she wants to give it away. Chew, 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 chomp. Yeah, Open up so the milk confusing. carton, swigs from the milk carton. Like So confusing. He's so casual about it, yeah. talking to his friend, and he just – that the. Like, he literally doesn't think, yeah, we didn't use any, but that's not the problem, That's dude. not the issue. No, that's, that's not, not the issue. issue. The problem is she wants right. to give it away. Yeah. So he can't stop thinking about Daisy and wanting to give the baby away, and it's affecting his schoolwork, and, you know, he, he can't concentrate. I think the teacher's like, Charles, what's going on? And he's like, oh, nothing. He gives him the chance to open up and tell him. So he goes back to the hospital, round two. <laughs> social, service, uh, social service lady sees him. Is very happy to meet with him. Yes, yes, Carol. Like, okay. oh, please let me speak. Yeah, just jump in anytime. Okay, excuse me. She is not just social service lady, social worker lady. She's Miss Shipley. Now, did anyone, when Miss Shipley came on the screen, say, "How do I know Miss Shipley?" Yes, a little bit. Yes, a little bit. Yeah. Who is Miss Shipley? Because it was killing me. Yes, she did look very familiar. Yes. 
Miss Shipley's acting name, as in, um, her, I mean, her real name, rather, is Beatrice Colon. She was, okay, everybody, Marcia Sims, who was the car hop on Happy Days. <gasps> yes! Oh, my yes. God, on the roller skates. Yes. On the roller skates. And, oh, and she had the little change thing on yes. her waist. Thank she you. did. I love well, it. I feel so much better. I because I watched Schoolboy Father yeah. three times in preparation for this. Wow, and you the are third a time podcaster. I do my research. Anyway, I thought I've got to look this up, so I look up the cast and I look her up, and of course I go down a rabbit hole because she died in 1997 Aww. of lung cancer, which is really sad. But it gets sadder. Oh no, she died um, on the night, the opening night of Brentwood High School's production of The Man Who Came to Dinner. It was written by, believe it or not, her fa- grand, grand, no, her grandfather was the Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright George S. Kaufman, who wrote "Man Who Came to Dinner," and her son was starring in the oh, title no. role that night. Oh no! I know, <laughs> just tragic. Oh, that's so, so tragic. She is not just the social worker; she's no. Miss Shipley. We will, yes, right. she's actress revered. Beatrice. Okay. Yes, and of course, she was in a lot of Love Boat, all those kind yeah. of 70s things. Well, but she, she was the car hop. She, she does take this her. role and knock it out of the park. Oh, yeah, my she gosh. Really doesn't does. she, though? So, doesn't she. so she gets there. So Daisy walks in in her, in her nightgown, in her white nightgown, her with 90, her hair all curled. And she Perfect is hair. pissed, right? She's pissed. Mm-hmm. Why is she pissed? And what I'm, okay, when she walks in in her nightie, and she's just, like, stomping in there, like, here, I'm coming, I'm I'm pissed. But all I can think of is, can they not, like, give her a donut pillow or something? I mean, the woman just had a baby. She didn't need and it. Did you see her? She's just, I like, know, she's, she's like, bump, 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 smack down. She just sits down on the chair, and I'm mm-hmm. like, ow, donut pillow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, but that goes back to what you just said about flowers in the attic. We have too much experience now. Absolutely. We know. Right. We didn't think that. So I know the that her downstairs worker, would be very tender. Right. And the social worker needs Charles's consent. So he mm-hmm. just blindly takes the pen. He's going to sign it. Well, then she just, you know, oh, I'm sorry, Miss Shipley Ms. says Shipley. something about, well, thank goodness this wasn't years ago. And, you know, before the Supreme Court ruled, he's like, well, hold up, what? That felt like and a little learns, lesson, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Supreme, Supreme yeah, that Court. was only 1972. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't like it was decades ago it was just a few years mm-hmm. prior to this yeah so he finds out that um he's like hold up hold up you mean if i don't sign this if i don't give away my parental rights i can keep the baby and daisy loses her shit she says if you have some foolish romantic notion of how you can take care of a baby and she says how could i have ever slept with you it wasn't exactly sleeping that got the two of you here that was such a good setup because when she said, I can't believe I slept with you, I thought that is such a mature term for her to use, <laughs> slept slept together. And Miss Shipley's just like there for the pickup. Boom, mic drop. It wasn't exactly sleeping that got the two of you here. <laughs> uh, and then Daisy flounces off and she turns and she flounces. She puts her hands on her hip and she says, you know, I really liked you, Elderberry. Never thought I'd get pregnant, though. But why didn't you think you'd get pregnant? Because you didn't take any precautions. Because he was wearing the invisible condom. The invisible condom. Mm -hmm. So Miss Shipley says to Charles, it won't work. You have no idea the responsibility involved in taking care of a baby. And he looks up at her and he says, I can learn. All I want is for my baby to grow up with a father. What's wrong with that? And then we all, if we hadn't fallen in love with Rob Lowe, that's when we fall in love with him. But then he says... It can't be that tough, and my mom will be there to take care of him. And I'm thinking, if the mom was there, she'd be like, the fuck you say? (laughs) Right? Like, the mom is like, dude. So now we have a very important scene I want you guys to um, react to. Charles needs to tell his mom, 
because um, he because Miss Shipley sends him off with saying, "Go home and talk it over with your mom and come see me in a couple of days." So he goes home and now he has to tell mom. Do you mean to tell me that you and Daisy made love to each other and just blithely forgot what might happen? How could you? What? 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 You're old enough to make love, but you're not old enough to be responsible. What kind of sense is that? We didn't think she'd get pregnant. And I'm pissed at mom because mom is the stereotype. If the if the guy whose kid was turning into a punker, the guy with slacks, she's the female <laughs> version. And I'm like, can we have a little understanding for the poor kid here? She immediately goes into like like he forgot to take the garbage out or something. And she's like, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? And you need to learn that. And you need to take responsibility for your actions. And none of these things are effective. These are not effective things to say to your kid who just knocked up his girlfriend at camp. I mean. It's right. And again, you know that now. But right. it's a very it's a very cliched thing. She actually says, so you're old cliched. enough to make love, which I thought was an interesting term yeah. for terminology mm-hmm. there. You're old enough to make love, but you're not old enough to be responsible? What kind of sense is that? But what kind I do of sense a, is that? But I see them putting that in there because that is sort of a, oh, that is sort of a teachable moment. But I feel like her reaction was kind of authentic. I feel like it was kind of real. Like that a mom, especially in the 80s, would just kind of, that's your, that's your gut is to be like, what the, what? what you know, and because you she's, she's working full time, going to school at night so that they can have a better life. And so now she's like, almost like, are you kidding me with this? And you might say, well, it's not about you, but it's very quickly going to become about her. So right. I feel like her reaction was almost pretty genuine, um, even though you're right. I, as a, as a mom myself, I don't think that that's how you need to handle it. Well, and I think it was more about, it was less about the anger and more about the phrases that she was using because Mm -hmm. they were so cliched and they have absolutely no meaning when it comes to something so serious. So I can see being really upset and frustrated with your kid, especially when you're like, oh my God, history is repeating itself. Mm -hmm. But there was no conversation whatsoever. It was just finger wagging. That's all. Mm -hmm. And you can have a conversation and be pissed off and angry at your kid, but don't say, what were you thinking? you need to take responsibility for. Right. And we see, though, that she very quickly turns because the next scene, we see them both sitting in Miss Shipley's office. Mm-hmm. And basically, Mom is saying, can we have a trial run with the baby? What is that? <laughs> I'm sorry. Know, a trial run? <laughs> trial of a, I mean, okay. They won't because even let you do that with a puppy. I, it's not allowed. Mortified. Not to mention... Back in the first time they're in Miss Shipley's office, she alludes to the fact that they found a family for for the yes. baby. Yes. So, like, what they say to the family, like, "Oh, hold on, we're gonna like play with this and this uh-huh. baby and give it to the dad for, and we're just gonna see how it goes." Oh my gosh! Yeah. What? That's well, except for <laughs> except for we had to have that in there so that we can see how hard it is to raise oh, a baby. Otherwise, so we can we see schoolboy father. We have right. to, right? So I again, know. all these holes we're seeing as adult um, as adults that these are lessons they're trying to teach us because they talk money, they talk how much it costs for diapers and formula and doctor visits. Oh, and apparently and Charles, it costs one hundred dollars. Yes. Like what well, did a doctor's, say? No, a doctor's visit is twenty five dollars. Yes, yeah, a doctor's yes. visit is twenty five. She's like, do you know how much it costs to raise a baby? It's one hundred dollars. And I was like, really? It's $100? That seems well, then mom points specific. Out, mom points out that Charles has $900 saved because, you know, he's saving oh, yes. for a car. And a he, car. the way he looks, he looks at her like, again, he now he's like, the fuck yeah. you said? Right. He's like, wait, what? That's my um, money. 
Yeah, that's my money. So um, anyway, so yes, Carolyn, the social uh, Miss Shipley agrees to let them try this baby out <laughs> for a week. So the baby arrives in the middle of the night. He's soaking wet. Oh, Charles and Charles is like, oh, I forgot to change him. But Charles says, you know what? I've got this big test tomorrow. And now this is going to be big points for the mom because she says, you know what, Charles, I'll do it tonight. You get some sleep. Yep. You've got your test. I'm going to take care of him tonight only. So um, now we see a montage of Charles asleep in class. He's messing up on the job. We think he gets fired. Um, lots of shots. I did write this down in my notes. Lots of Roblo shirtless mm-hmm. already in this <laughs> because montage. Because it's nighttime. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. middle of the night yeah. stuff. So he decides to do the only thing he can do. He decides he's going to quit school. And mom says, um, no, you can't quit school. So he's back at school. And Nancy McKeon comes up and with all her little girlfriends. And she asks, is it true? Do you have a baby? And they all kind of giggle. And he's so proud. He's so proud. He and says, it's yes. The, earnest, the earnestness of him being like, yes, I have a baby, mm-hmm. thinking that they're all going to be super excited to hang out with him now, but that's not how high school works. But mm-hmm. his earnestness is adorable. So adorable. And they're kind of disinterested, and they walk away. She, he does, she does still say, you can come to my party, but she kind of pauses. So he's super excited, right, guys? He's like, I'm going to this party tonight. Yeah, gonna go, going to go flirt with Lucy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's back in the shower. Singing in his mic, yes, singing, singing in his hairbrush. Mom comes Chris home with Traeger Wolf. antics in the mirror. Yeah, mom comes home with baby Wolf oh, and says, no. "All right, here, here you go. Here's your son. I've got class tonight." And he says, "Oh yeah, I forgot. But mom, this party's really important." <laughs> <laughs> so mom, you need to skip your mm-hmm. class. And she says, yeah. uh, "He does. Yeah, oh, you're right. He mm-hmm. says he can skip class." And she says, "No, I can't." And he says, "Mom, she'll never invite me again if That's I don't right. come to this party." <laughs> Welcome to the real world, schoolboy father. Mm-hmm. That's right. All you 12 and 13, 14-year-olds watching this mm-hmm. out there, look, you won't be able to go to that party if you choose to have unprotected sex. You have to take precautions. Thin. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's really in your face, but I think it's in your face for a reason. And I think they do a really good job of this because mm-hmm. he actually says, I can't believe this is happening to me. Because remember, yeah. back in the hospital room, Daisy, Kimberly, has told him, you don't even know what it was like having to go to school right. nine months pregnant. And I had to keep going. And, and we learned that her parents were really awful to her they kicked and her everything out. and mm-hmm. how her life changed. And so now he says, I can't believe it's happening to me. Like he didn't think, so he needed to go through it too. So now mom's at class and he doesn't get to go to the party and Wolf won't stop crying in the middle of the night. And we've all been parents. Mm-hmm. We, Hey, Rob's, I've been there, dude. Mm-hmm. I have done exactly what he did. I have yelled and screamed. I one time went into my laundry room, thankfully closed the laundry room door and just started banging on the wall with my hand (laughs) and screaming as loud as I could because my baby wouldn't stop crying and and Mm -hmm. I couldn't get her to stop crying and I had had it. So understandable, but he's also 16 um, and he yells, would you shut up? And he yells, shut up to Wolf and he's losing his temper and thankfully, that's we don't a, have to see that's it That's a go good farther, moment, but. actually. That's a really good moment because he's starting to lose it. And it's also, it's a very realistic moment. Because mm-hmm. like you said, you went into the laundry room and you mm-hmm. were pounding on the walls. I'm sure many people have screamed shut up at their newborn babies. Oh, right. yeah. yes, yeah. definitely. And then mom comes in and this is when the mom gets her little pop-off moment because she says, you can't do it. You can't bring up this baby alone and I won't help and I won't do it either. I'm done. I'm not going to help you. And, and then poor Charles looks at her and he says, it's just not the way I thought it would be. Sad. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. And so now we've come back to basically what Martin has said. He's left this, he's left the solution to this problem in mm-hmm. the hands of the child. The mom has kind of guided him there. Miss Shipley's kind of guided him there, mm-hmm. but ultimately 
Charles realized it on his own. And so they give the baby away. He signs the papers and uh, Miss Shipley comes and he says, I just wanted him to have a father. And she oh. says, he will, Charles. It just won't be it you. It just won't be yes. you. And really what he's saying is, I just wanted to have a father. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, Kristen. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do and some real And he breaks down and sobs. I mean, breaks oh, down and sobs. Guys, and you guys, we horrible. love Rob Lowe after that. It's and it is the epitome of what that dude you just said his name. Whatever he said, where I would not let it end perfectly. Mm-hmm. This was not the fairy tale ending, and so that right. leaves you with a, a gut punch when mm-hmm. Rob Lowe is holding this newborn baby in his arms and he's sobbing and handing the newborn mm-hmm. baby over to the person who's going to raise him that is not him, and you feel like Rob Lowe, you just want to take him in your arms and pat him. And I'm just so sad. It's just, Mm -hmm. I was really pulling for him. I wanted him to work. Of course, you know, it's not going to work, but see, and I didn't, I didn't from the very beginning. I was like, Oh dude, like, no, but I, um, I bet you anything in 1980 when I watched that I did. Right, and that's just the emotion of it. In a, in a practical sense, of no, course, no, it's, you it's don't me want being to. a fifty-one-year-old woman knowing you can't do right. that, and he needs right. to have well, the family mm-hmm. with the the. And yeah, so at the end, I feel like he does what I think they're trying to teach us is the smart and honorable thing to do, and yeah. and we love him for that. I mean, even if he doesn't know how and showing made. at the same time how difficult it is to do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Right. I just wanted him to have a father. He will, Charles. It just won't be you. And there you have it, our salvaged cutting room floor discussion of Rob Lowe's television debut in what appears to be everyone's favorite after-school special. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week when we chat with the hilariously funny and whip-smart TikTok sensation Raven Stone, and we'll discuss those traumatic Little House on the Prairie episodes that scarred us for life. In the meantime, let's raise our glasses for a toast, courtesy of Janet, Chrissy, and Jack Tripper. To good times. To happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. 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 Information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to me, the Crushologist, and Carolyn and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, I guess there's always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded at Modern Well, a woman-centered co-working space in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. We get a happy feeling when we're singing a song